You're now listening to the third episode of Sensation of Science. Hi, I'm Maggie, and I'm Aquaria. Today's topic is what humanity should eat to stay healthy and save the planet. Before we figure out the question we mentioned as the topic of this episode, I want to know about your daily consuming habits. Well, I sometimes combine breakfast and lunch as a whole. For example, I had some yummy cupcakes today. Oh, that sounds so good. But you know what? In a fishing village that dots the coast near Kawifi, north of Kenya, despite they are living on the shores, the children in the village rarely eat seafood. Their main meal is corn flour mixed with water, and most of their nutrition comes from plants. Almost half the kids there have stunted growth, twice the national rate. Do you mean that the children weren't eating seafood? Even though all the parents fish for a living, right? The residents there believe it makes more financial sense for them to sell their catch than to eat it. But studies show that fish and other animal source foods can improve growth. That's true. Therefore, a team at Washington University did experiments with the aim of understanding which kinds of seafood are healthy for the ecosystem and also healthy as a diet. And claim that the proposed diet should be culturally accepted and affordable. I got it. People start to wrestle with questions about diets that are good for both people and the planet. I know that more than two billion people are overweight or obese. Yet at the same time, eight hundred and eleven million people are not getting enough calories or nutrition. As we can see. Unhealthy diets contributed to more deaths globally in 2017 than any other factor, including smoking. Diets are highly related to our lives. As the world's population continues to rise and more people start to eat as Westerners do, the production of meat, dairy, and eggs will need to rise by about 44 percent by 2050. According to the UN Food and Agriculture Organization, which is also known as FAO, well, that poses an environmental problem alongside the health concerns. Our current industrialized food system already emits about one quarter of the world's greenhouse gas emissions. Producing food generates so much greenhouse gas pollution that, at the current rate, Even if nations cut all non-food emissions to zero, they still wouldn't be able to limit temperature rise to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Yes, a large proportion of emissions comes from the food system. 30 to 50 percent comes from the livestock supply chain, because animals are inefficient at converting feed to food. So some nutritionists. Ecologists and other experts promote people to be flexitarian, eating plants on most days and occasionally a small amount of meat or fish. Such findings are not actually popular with the meat industry. Furthermore, I've heard that it raises some criticism about whether it is practical for everyone. Well, there are pros and cons. People are still finding other measures. Michael Clark. A food system scientist at the University of Oxford, UK, estimated that if everyone, on average, ate a more plant-based diet and emissions from all other sectors were halted, 
the world would have a 50% chance of meeting the 1.5 degrees Celsius climate change targets. And if diets improve alongside broader changes in the food system, such as cutting down waste, the chance of hitting the target will rise to 67%. Oh, I know that. The Eat Lancet commissions helped to build a stronger case. Nutritionists reviewed the literature to craft a basic healthy diet composed of whole foods. Then, the team set environmental limits for the diet, including carbon emissions, biodiversity loss, and the use of fresh water, then and so on. Breaching such environmental limits would make the planet inhospitable to humans. And they ended up with a diverse and mainly plant-based meal plan and devised a planetary health diet meant to be nutritious and sustainable and compare its composition with the average diets in different regions. Then, what effects are expected? The commission estimated that this diet would save the lives of about 11 million people every year. It is possible to feed 10 billion people healthily without destroying ecosystems further, says Tim Lane, a food policy researcher at the City University of London and a co-author of the Eat Lancet report. Whether the hardliners of the cattle and dairy industry like it or not, they are really on the back foot. Change is now inevitable. But is it nutrition enough for these in lower research settings? Tai Bill, a scientist based in Washington, D.C., has analyzed that it provides 78% of the recommended zinc intake and 86% of calcium for those over 25 years old and only 55% of iron requirements for women of reproductive age. We can't deny the fact, however, we can commend that the diet has put environmental concerns front and center. Yes, and beside the consuming standard, most consumers do not follow dietary guidelines, and it is also a vital point to discuss. Some scientists are exploring ways to convince people to adopt healthy, sustainable diets. And school meals are now a near unique opportunity to foster sustainable dietary habits. The dietary habits we develop as children, we tend to stick to them until adulthood. New Nordic Diet, which promotes consumption of traditional sustainable foods such as seasonal vegetables and free-range meat in Sweden, make them more nutritious and climate-friendly, such as reducing the amount of meat in a typical stew and adding more beans and vegetables. Right. The diet is very different from the Eat Dancing one. It is cheaper and includes more starchy foods such as potatoes, which are a staple of Swedish cuisine. Moreover, across the Atlantic, some academics and restauranters are trialing the diet in low-income settings. In Baltimore, Maryland, a collaboration between a catering business and a restaurant, both forced to close during the COVID-19 pandemic, started taking donations and providing free meals based on the Eat Lancet diet to families who live in food deserts, areas where there is little access to affordable, nutritious food. One meal had salmon cakes with mixed seasonal vegetables, Israeli couscous and creamy pesto sauce. Wow! 
I can see that the Dax is not a one-size-fits-all recommendation. All of us should find a measure for humankind to stay healthy and save the day together. This is the end of our podcast. Feel free to express your thoughts about our podcast by commenting below. I hope you enjoy our podcast, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. See you next time. Bye. Bye.